All right, guys, it's time for the Next Level Guy Show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Taylor Ray Malinick. Taylor is an amateur Muay Thai fighter and K1 kickboxer for Waco Team Canada. In this interview, we discuss Muay Thai, training, confidence, competing and finding yourself through martial arts. She's a wise head on young shoulders and will be a future superstar. You'll love her refreshing honesty, openness and outlook on training, martial arts, success and life. And now, let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's an honor to feature you. Um, I found you on social media. That sounds even worse. But I love the enthusiasm you have. I love the dedication you've got to training. But could you give a quick introduction? You know, who? how would you define who the phenomenon that is Taylor Ray is? So my name is Taylor Ray. I'm 19 years old. Um, I fight out of a gym in Scarborough, like Canada. Um I'm a Muay Thai fighter, K1 kickboxer, boxer. I did a little bit of jiu-jitsu, but um, mostly just doing K1 kickboxing right now in Muay Thai. Um, I've been training for about five, five and a half years. I started when I was around 14, 15 years old, and I haven't stopped since. So this is where this has got me. (laughs) I love it. Um, I mean, I'm a a big fan of jiu-jitsu. Now, I read somewhere that you didn't like grappling with sweaty men. I believe that was the the quote. There's a link, uh, a newspaper article about you, and you said you started with your dad training, and you didn't like sweat with grappling men, so you just thought you'd kick them instead. I did. Is I that did the say truth? that, didn't I? I did say that. <laughs> yeah. So how it went is, I started my martial arts career with jujitsu, um, and just like when I started when I was younger, there was hardly any females doing the art. It was all just big gross sweaty men and I wasn't progressing in anything so I just felt defeated over and over again I mean I I could understand the technique I could understand the concepts but it was just it's hard to not get something just because you know you're oh you're underweight you're you know you're just not as strong as these other guys so I really I didn't like it I didn't I always felt like damn like I I'm not good at this so um the gym that I was going to at the time also um like provided boxing and Muay Thai and like looking at those guys I was like hell no I'm not doing that like no way are you getting me to punch someone in the face here we are now I punch people in the face for a living <laughs> so uh started with some boxing um I got good at it fast so then that transferred into trying the Muay Thai and I got good at that pretty fast so I started going into competitions and just progressing very well and I haven't stopped I mean it's just become my passion now that's a good answer, and it is a when you see it being done, you think you know when the 
it's f- fair enough. The punches and kickies, you know, you you see people doing kickboxing, and you think, okay, then it's when they start throwing knees in, spinning back elbows, you know. Trips like, I feel like, I feel like a ninja. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it really gives you this sense of confidence. It opens, you know. I think when people see it, they're like, whoa, because they yeah. can't get past the violence of it, but they they don't see the beauty of it. They don't see the technique, the the ritual kind of competition between the two two fighters try to trick each other out. Oh, you can tell them. It's, it's a chess game. It's an absolute <laughs> right. chess game. And you don't understand that until you progress a little more. But now it's all about the next move and the move after that and the move after that. Yeah. Um, but like to begin with, um, again, there not being so many females, being able to catch on to something or being able to, you know, actually, you know, feel at a level, even with the other guys who are not that great, I could still, you know, throw back and forth where with the jujitsu I couldn't I was just I was too small I was too fragile I wasn't as strong so the boxing and the Muay Thai really just gave me that confidence boost where it was like okay I can be good at this I am good at this I can I can go somewhere with this because you're certainly going places you know you're winning medals you're beating people left right and center um, you know you're, you're winning championships but for people who don't know the kind of general structure how do you kind of plan out a Muay Thai like a general training camp you know how much is built on skill development compared to analyzing your footage to work on your your strengths and your weaknesses how much is it on game footage for your opponent you know how much is just hitting the pads how do you work a general camp without a competition at the end you know how do you keep your skills in check there is so, 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 so much that goes into it. Um, I've done multiple, multiple camps where it's just been like you ease, breathe, sleep, training. That's all it is. You wake up, your mindset is training. At the end of the day, before you go to bed, training, training, training. And it's all to do, all to go towards that end goal. What I've learned now um, with the experience I have is that the mental part of it is equally, if not more important than all the physical stuff, because you can work your ass off, you can, you know, train as hard as you can. But if your mental's not there, you're going to get into a fight. And, you know, looking across that corner, if you're not sharp in the head, then everything that you've worked for goes to literal caca. So that's been something that's been something that I, uh, I really have, uh, I've worked on and feel comfortable with now. But the camp usually starts with six weeks before six Two, two to three months, mostly. Um, then the last six weeks are are very hardcore. Um, diet, nutrition, um, physiotherapy, um, just all those things, all the components that um, kind of you just got to prepare your body for for the fight. So how how much do you roll in sort of cognitive sort of fixes? You know, the things like visualization, you know, games to work on your creativity because. I think a lot of people think it's just throw in as many punches and kicks as you can and hope the person falls down in front of you. But there's a lot of kind of like feints and combos and things like that. How much do you work on that kind of luring somebody in into a trap? Because I don't know if you know who Hodger Gracie is, the BJJ legend. He was saying that he trains to bring people into his game rather than trying to defend what they're doing. He wants to bring you into his strengths and minimize his own weaknesses so he can attack you best. How much do you use creativity? How much? How do you work out a game plan with your coach for, you know, your next opponent, or do you just work on keeping your strengths and going? I want leading them into my preferred punch, my favorite kick, etc. 
Um, you know what? It's all about having fun. Like all the game plans that I've made never go the way that you know you plan yes. it out to be. You the can make every I... game. You can make every game plan you want. When you get in the ring, you're just like. So honestly, I just revert back going to, you know, what I know, what I'm good at. And, you know, each fight's different. So I just take it as it is. Um, I never I always have a game plan, you know, what I what I'm going to work on, uh, what I know I need to do, what I need to focus on. But um, at the end of the day, I'm not going in there going, I'm going to do this. And then when they do that, I'm going to do this. And then that it's like, mm. no, I just I'm it's what's going to happen is going to happen. And I'm going to fight the way I fight. And that's a better way to be, I think. The, the, the more you make a plan, the more you panic when it doesn't go down that line. And I think yeah. that's the thing is people go, I'm going to throw this punch and then spin into this. But the second you get punched in the face, you're like, uh-oh, that's what do what I do it now? Is. Every, everyone's uh, got a plan until you get punched in the face. And I mean, props to those guys who have a plan and execute it perfectly. Good for you. That's not me. I can't do that. <laughs> I just use pressure passing. I, I'm a big guy, so I, I just squish and work my way through a body lock See? passing. You're that jujitsu guy that I didn't like. That's why I stopped doing jujitsu. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, a big part of this series is I love to speak to people who are up and coming superstars in their industry. And I know you're going to be major successful, but you have this kind of knack of having disgustingly happy through every training session. I always am breathing out my arse by the end of it. <laughs> how do you use exhaustion in your training? Because people don't realize how knackering a fight is. You know, like once you start going into multiple rounds, etc. do you add in like, you know, going for a run, multiple rounds of HRT training, etc. then do some sparring to mimic the exhaustion of a fight? How do you get used to that so it becomes easy in training so that you can just fight in heaven? Something that um uh, my coach says to me and uh, my fight team constantly is that the training is worse than the fight. You should never be worried about the fight because the training is going to be worse. So that's something that we prepare for. You know, um, getting into that ring, I should have no worry in the world because no worry in the world because what I've gone through, you know, the weeks following, the weeks before, um, will be a million times worse. So uh, when it comes to that. Um, the exhaustion and all that you just use it as fuel you know you're you want to get to that point of oh my god i can't push anymore oh my god i can't push anymore because once you get there you push a little bit farther and you go okay well i'm not gonna feel this again this fucking sucks i, I don't want to feel this in the ring so once you get to the ring you're like hey i've been there i i felt like shit and now i feel great so that's what we do so do you do things like well we called it shark tank in jiu-jitsu <laughs> where you have multiple rounds that fresh yes, opponent sir. every minute Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. I, I will be stuck in the middle. My coach will put, you know, a person at each corner and we get 30 seconds. So I'm in the middle for a whole five minutes. People in the corner will rotate every 30 seconds. That person goes in. Every 30 seconds, that person goes in. That person goes in. That person goes in constantly. So the person in the middle is being shark tanked. They they can't get out. They got to stay up for that whole, that whole round. And then, of course, you end up rotating out. But, oh, yeah, shark tank's a great one. <laughs> Yeah, when you're finished, it yes, I definitely agree with that. And what about your kind of approach to training? How much of an input would you have into your training, or are you kind of I just will do what they tell me. I will do it with enthusiasm. I, I enjoy it. Or do you get kind of to sit and go? I want to work on this area of my skills. You know, do you, is there anything kind of, or do you lure the the master plan kind of thing? 
Um, it's definitely a collaborative kind of um, training. Uh, my coach obviously is going to tell me what you know, what to work on and what he thinks I need to improve on and so on and so forth. But I mean, if I'm coming in and I'm like, you know what, I'm not feeling so comfortable in these aspects, we need to work on this to go. Yeah, cool. We're doing that. And we'll do that. Um, injuries is a, a, a big one for me where not even like super big injuries, but like little things where it's just like my knuckles will be all busted up. And like, if I hit the bag, it'll split open and I'll be, you know, I can't punch for a couple days just because it's like, oozing blood every time I hit. So it's like, okay, now we're doing kicks this week or we're doing knees or, you know, instead of doing the punching, we're doing elbows. So it's like back and forth, back and forth, a lot of collaborative work and, you know, just trying to do what's best for me. And um, my crew is great for that. You'll be like me, you find bruises everywhere and you have no idea where they come from. It's usually somebody's (laughs) knee, uh, uh, somebody's toe hitting you in the back of the calf or it's, yeah, it's, I think you you get used to it. Your body kind of adapts to it. it. It almost becomes a sick pleasure that you enjoy. But that kind of leads us on perfectly to another great question area is, has there been something that you've struggled with? Because you have made leaps and bounds in your progress, your skills. You know, you're always getting talked about being a great technician, etc. Has there been an area of your training or your skill set that you've struggled? You know, it could be in the clinch. It could be certain kind of kicks that you've struggled with you know how did you overcome something like that what did it teach you about what you're capable of and you know how to learn well what advice would you give to somebody in a similar situation um to be completely honest with you it's never going to stop being a struggle. It's always going to struggle. And I think if you're not struggling, you're not learning. Um, every single day I go in, you know, there's something that I'm uncomfortable with or something that, you know, I don't feel super confident doing, I'm struggling with. But at the end of that day, you can go, okay, this is what I struggled with. This is what I need to work on. And, you know, overcoming those things is the beauty of it all. But I think the struggle is part of the process. It's nice to know it never goes away. Uh, it I doesn't. It. No, never. <laughs> so where would you, this is going to sound a bit of a grandiose question, but where are you on the line between confidence and ego, between rage and, you know, calmness? Because I found if I'm psyched up for a jiu-jitsu role, I'm terrible. But if I'm completely relaxed, I'm terrible. I need, <laughs> I need to between that line of, complete psycho and complete calmness i need to be in a healthy middle how do you approach your fight in your training do you find you have to be in a certain mindset you know do you find you have to be enjoying it to really learn and grow as a fighter honestly it is a double-ended sword it's completely a double-ended sword i started earlier in my career with you know being that aggressive, um, aggressive, brawly kind of fighter. And, you know, everyone says, stay calm, stay calm. And you're like, stay calm. I'm trying, someone's trying to hit me right now. I'm not going to stay calm. So I struggled a lot, you know, in the beginning of my career, trying to find that calmness. And now I'm at a point where I have that calmness and maybe even too calm now, you know, at the end of my fights, you know, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, oh, I always feel like I could have done better. Nothing I do, I'm okay with. I'm like, oh, but I could have done this. Oh, there was an opportunity for that that I missed. And it's like, it's just a part of the process. But now I would say I'm at a point where I I try and hold that calmness so much because that's what my goal was. I was like, I need to be calm. I need to be calm. I'm going to see so much more if I'm calm. And now the past, my past few fights, I've noticed I'm like, I'm too calm. 
I need to step it up. I'm not showing everything I'm capable of because I'm trying to keep that calmness. So when it comes to that, I mean, again, it's just a learning curve. Yeah, I'm always going to have to, you know, go back and forth, pull the strings until I find that middle. And that's just going to come with experience, I think. It's, it's like you're saying, it's a, a very double-edged sword. You know, it's that kind of, if I lean back too far this way, it's like my mind comes out of it. I go too far that way and try to chase the fight. I'm going to lead, lead myself open to getting hit in a certain way. And I, I found that in jiu-jitsu. The more you chased a win, the farther it got away from you. Mm-hmm. So on the flip side of that, is that the kind of the best advice a coach has given you, do you think, to to relax but not completely relax? Or has there been something they've said to you that's allowed you to speed up your training or become a better fighter or to be more mentally prepared for your fight or you know what has there been something a coach has given you that's really helped your game in some way um I would just say the biggest you know I guess pro that my crew has given me and my team specifically is just that mental toughness and that's what it comes down to no matter what you do you can go run for I mean four hours but if you don't have that mental toughness then you know, you've already lost the fight. You, it's almost like you're fighting yourself pretty much. If you already believe that you've lost, then, you know, you're never going to win. So um, something that we really work on is persevering, you know, not giving up. And again, making the worst of it in the training so that we, when we get to these events, we get to these, you know, title fights, we get to these big shows. It's like, you've gone through the worst. Now just do what you love. It's all a really, it comes down to doing what we love. And I feel horrible for, you know, athletes. And, you know, I've been even there. I think every athlete has where, you know, they're just like, shit, this sucks. Like, I don't like getting hit in the face. Like this shit hurts all the day on time. Um, But it really comes down to, hey, this is my passion. This is what I love to do. And if I don't love to do it, why am I doing it? Right? It sounds like he's also created a, a, like, because you, when you look in your social media, you always are having a laugh with your teammates. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's having a laugh and playing jokes on each other. And he looks like they've created a, a great kind of training environment. And I think that's also we're, something. We're a family. We really are. Um, my crew has really created us. You know, we are very tight. We're, we're family oriented. You know, right after training, we'll eat together. You know, we train together. We run together. Um, sometimes, you know, we'll be sleeping on the floors together like we're just we're we're a big family and i think that's something you need and a lot of people see their training partners as the enemy you know i have to win against them when it's you're there to help each other become better so how do you work on becoming better then say you had a new body lock trip for example that you were learning or a new type of kick or a combination how do you prefer to learn do you want to watch somebody doing it and then do you break it down into its individual parts? Or do you kind of just keep doing it, repping and repping it until it works for you? How, how do you like to learn a new skill? Practice makes perfect. Um, I've never really been a person to, you know, watch. I'm more of a, a doer than a watcher. So even if I look absolutely horrible doing it, I'm going to do it until it looks a little less horrible. And then I'm going to keep doing it till it looks a little less horrible than that until I get it. And that's kind of how I take that approach. Sounds like my jujitsu. It's keep going till it's, it's less horrible as possible. You know, exactly. So how then it's how do we build the 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 combat brain because people think it's just throwing punches 
and then hopefully the better one wins. But there's all these like little nuances, you know, it's like the duck of the shoulder, it's knowing when you can spot the opponent putting too much weight on the back foot, so you know that you can lead them into a, you know, an outside right hook or whatever it is. How do you build that? Is it just round after round and just getting used to all these little things that you notice opponent's going to do so you know you can bring this technique in or to lead them in, if that makes sense. You know, how do you become an experienced fighter, do you think? Is it just round after round putting yourself in these situations? I think it's definitely a combination of, you know, fighting that exhaustion round after round and, you know, working your way and adapting to certain, you know, techniques. But also technical sparring is something that's really helped me. Not, you know, full out throwing bombs at your partner, but really slowing it down and using that mm. technical kind of um way to go about it um technical training um but it really comes down to like distance speed agility power um just like like you said like the it's the game of inches so really practice makes perfect you're only going to get better by continuing to do it and i think that's just you know what makes you know a great athlete is someone who just never gives up someone who's determined and someone who's going to keep going at it until until they get what they're looking for that oh, is a good answer. And do you find, do you work on like situational sparring? You know, do you do ones where somebody's got you in a clinch, you have to like break out of it and throw us an elbow and you rep that till it works? Do you have maybe one where you've, you know, you're just engaging and you've got a combination when you have certain distance between each other? Do you work in s- certain situations or do you just let a, f- a fight flow and your coach will say, let's work on this area? Because like in jiu-jitsu, for example, we'll work in bottom with somebody on top of you in side control. So you have to escape, then attack. Then you might do close guard and you have to escape and attack. Then you reverse the roles. Do you do similar in Muay Thai? Um, something a little similar. If We'll break it down into like clinch, um, long distance, short distance, elbows, knees, kicks, punches, combination of everything. So like if we're doing a clinch day... Um, Usually my crew will let us flow. And then when he sees something, he'll be like, okay, well, when you're stuck in this position, what do you see here? What opportunities do you have here? And what would you do? So then I'd go, okay, show him. Be like, okay, but do you see how here, this and this and this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of, again, a collaborative kind of what I would naturally do as a Muay Thai athlete and then his knowledge. So it's like, I'd be doing it and go, yeah, you're right. Okay, that does make sense. And that way I'm learning it physically and it's going to stick with me more. Where if he just shows me something, I'm going to forget that in five seconds. I'm going to get in the ring and completely forget what he's talking about. As I feel like if I'm doing it, then um, I can see those openings with his help. I love that. I love that he leads you into it. He doesn't just tell you. He lets you kind of piece that transition, that chain together. That's a great coach. Somebody, yeah. uh, he doesn't just tell you what to do. He leads you to making it. It's like a video game, isn't it? You know, as you discover more, the map opens up and you say, ah, so if I do that, that, then that, that happens. Uh, it's That is a great way of coaching. Um, so as you start climbing the ladder, you know, people see this as kind of like, I just need to win fights. How do you go between like your... How do you like realize it's going to take a while and you know not burn yourself out? How do you keep enjoying this day in, day out? Like, How do you set goals for yourself in terms of 
say, six months to a year to five years, are you thinking championships in five years? Or are you thinking every fight, I'll just take this one fight after another? How far ahead are you looking? Um, so the way I've kind of always taken this is that I'm going to do it until I don't love to do it anymore. Just because I've been in this, I feel not even that long. Honestly, I haven't been in the game that long. I mean, five years is not that long. But um, from what I've experienced personally, um, I've seen a lot of athletes, you know, be burnt out and only be doing it because it's the only thing they know how to do. Um, But right now, I love it. And until I don't love it, I'll be doing it. It just comes to that day where, you know, I might wake up and say, you know what, this is this is not what I'm into anymore. But if I'm naturally and organically growing into, you know, climbing the ladder and continuing to win and continuing to feel good about myself doing this, I mean, it's great for my mental, physical, emotional health in general. So as long as I'm happy doing it, I'm going to keep going and keep going and I'm not going to stop. No, you have a beautiful outlook on this because I think too many people are chasing riches and success and you're just enjoying it. Yeah. Um, so when you've had a lost a fight or you've had a shitty training session or a, just a bad day, because you seem very happy and very positive about life, how do you reset? How do you recalibrate and go again? You know, because you seem to just take everything in your stride. But when you are really annoyed, when you're pissed off, when a sweaty host is asking you questions... <laughs> How do you res- how do you get back into that Taylor mode of having fun, coming in with a smile? You know, it happens. I mean, it happens to everyone. And what I do is, you know, you just got to take a step back, evaluate. And sometimes, you know, a break is what you need. I've, you know, multiple times just be like, you know what? I need a couple days. I'm frustrated with something. I'm not getting something. Or, you know, I've just been doing too much. And... Something I've also struggled with is taking those couple days because I'll take a day, two days, and I'll be like shaking in my room. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, what do I do now? Um, But that's another thing that is hard for, you know, high performance athletes is being comfortable with not training, right? Because we're we're programmed to train, 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 train. And when we're not training, we feel guilty. So now I've come to a point in my career where I feel guilty when I'm not training. And I'm like that doesn't make sense. Like chill, chill. So it's a lot of just, again, mental strength, mental reminding yourself that it's okay to take a break. It's okay to reevaluate. It's okay. And you know, it's so freaking hard. It is hard, but I mean, it's all part of the process. It's definitely something that I noticed, like, especially with people with businesses, for example, they'll start panicking that they're not grinding 24 seven because there's this belief that you have to work every minute of every day to be successful. And it's not always true. You need your relaxation. You need your recovery. You need your your fun away from things just to get that mind reset. They get the willpower again. Do you find then that you've talked about therapy on your social media? I've used cognitive behavior therapy. I've looked into neuro-linguistic programming, these sorts of things. What sort of therapy did you have? And did you find it helped you in a certain way? How did it help you get emotionally, mentally ready to fight? Is that what they kind of helped you with just being able to step away from the fighting to be yourself? Absolutely. Um, And sometimes you need that, right? I think that communication is the best form of, you know, medicine. So, you know, when you verbally 
put that out there. And then, you know, if you're receiving some kind of like um, response, you're going, oh, okay, maybe I didn't think about it that way. You know, I'm not everyone, but, you know, it's easy to think the way you think and, you know, not kind of go around that. And I kind of like to get, you know, other sources, other opinions. So um, it's it's really helpful to just, you know, sit down, put out your thoughts and go, okay, this is what's happening. This is what I need to do. Um, is there something I'm missing? Um, so sports therapy has really helped me with that. I mean, this is a, this is an intense game. I mean, there's so many worries in the world. It's like, okay, this is a big fight. Could this be my last fight? You hear of all these horror stories. It's like, oh my God, career ending fights. It's like, it's a big thing. And um, I've come to a point where it's like, I'm not fighting inexperienced people anymore. I'm fighting women with the same experience level as me. And that can be scary. So um, the mental game is definitely something you have to have 100% on point. And if you don't, then again, you need to take that step back and go, okay, what am I lacking? What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? And how do I get back to that sharpness? Because you need to be sharp in this game. Uh, I, I love how you your outlook, you're so you're down to earth. You understand this. You understand your limitations, what you need to work on. You know, you're really young to have this kind of understanding. A lot of people come in, it's the ego. It's like, I'm the best. I can do this, like the Gordon Ryan approach. Whereas you seem to understand and have a very level-headed approach. It's really nice to see. And you know, you're, and I, you're badass. I've never, <laughs> I've never, that's the one thing that, you know, and I see it all the time. I mean, being in the martial arts game, you just see the guys who are like, I'm going here, I'm the best, I'm this. And I'm just like, oh my, sir, <laughs> sir, relax, just chill. <laughs> it's, 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 it's definitely something. And I mean, I've always said that I know I'm not the best. There's always going to be someone somewhere in the world that's maybe, you no, know, not on the platform, but somewhere working harder, someone who has, you know, less, someone who has, you know, less things to lose so it's like at the end of the day um yeah you just kind of do it because you love it and you know that's where I think um confidence is definitely you know you need the confidence but there's a difference between confidence and you know cocky right you have to find that in between because once you're too cocky it's like okay no one wants to be friends with you. No one wants to help you. No one wants to be your training partner because you have someone who you know, wants to hurt you, wants to be better than you. It's putting you down. It's like, that's not the kind of person you want to be, you know, training with. That's not how you're going to learn or grow. And that person's not learning or growing either because they got this tunnel vision mindset of I'm the best. No one's going to beat me. That's it, period. And, you know, people like Conor McGregor and these big people who have that mindset, it's great for them, but that's, you know, because they are the greatest, <laughs> you know, these amateur athletes that just have that ego. It's a, the ego kills. It really does. It's okay to have confidence and confidence is also key in this game, but you got to f- know the fine line between confidence and cocky. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is it's also the more you play with ego, the more a defeat or mm-hmm. a bad loss could really destroy you. But at yeah. least if you have that fine line between them, you come back and it's kind of, well, I know my limitations. I know what I need to work on. I know I, I made a mistake, you know. And it's refreshing to see somebody like you who's kind of like, I'll do this till I stop enjoying it. I'm doing this. I will work on my game. I'll speak to my coach. We are family. You know, I've worked, I've been in gyms where everybody's out to kill each other. 
You know, it's all about... It's horrible. What's the fun in that? Why are you doing it at that point? Because I know that you ain't getting paid to do it. Not an amateur, you ain't. <laughs> so oh, yes. <laughs> until you sign that contract with the UFC or Bellator or the one Muay Thai championship, what what do you have to prove? You're, everyone's growing in this game. Why do you think you're better than anyone else? We're all here, you know, to be better athletes. Because that's what I love about, like, jiu-jitsu, for example. It's all about, you know, people all learning together and you know kind of developing the skills but you also get the self-development but you get the confidence and stuff like that and you can always pick out those people who are in it for the wrong reason and i'm assuming you can probably get that mood tie as well the people who are there because they like hurting people you know i think it's not just in martial arts it's everywhere hmm. every sport every you know organization even in like the workplace there's those people that are there for the wrong reason and you know those are just your energy suckers right you just gotta let them do that (laughs) it's time for a quick break there are millions of potential products to buy so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money simple you go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and level up. so say we have a competition like you know you're fighting like say tomorrow for example how what would you be doing the night before what would you be doing the morning of not so much your warm-up because i'm assuming it's the same kind of drills and stretches and mobility exercises but how do you get ready how do you go from taylor the smiler to taylor the badass how do you get into that fighting that competition mindset because in Muay Thai, um, you do like is it a, a traditional dance. I can't remember, I, I can't remember the name, <laughs> unfortunately. But how do you get yourself mentally ready? Do you have a playlist that you listen to? Do you, you know, do something with your coaches to get you in the, the zone ready to go? Or are you just, all right, I'm going to go out and have fun because I enjoy this. How, how do you approach it? To be completely honest with you, I do nothing. It's another day in the office. I mean, that comes with you know it's not as bad as the damn training so I'm excited for this um uh, I like to be around my sisters I have two sisters and a brother and um just being around family just you know I mean don't tell my coach this but like I'll go to work I just I I just do what I do I I'm not you know stopping my entire life because I have a fight tomorrow it's like I've been training for this. I know I have the strength, the motivation, the mental power for this. What I do the night before is not going to determine, you know, how tomorrow goes because I'm going to fight tomorrow the way I fight tomorrow. Um, I've had fights where the night before I'll work, go to get a good night's sleep, wake up, hang out with my family, have a good breakfast. Um, just be myself. You know, it, I think that when, you know, the hype is too much and you're stressing yourself out so much, it's like, oh my God, you've already put so much energy into something that doesn't need to be. I mean, enjoy the moment, enjoy the butterflies, enjoy the nervousness when you're there. If you're overhyping this the night before, the week before, and it's it's hard to say that because everyone gets nervous, but 
if you really find that just calmness and you go, okay, this is what I've been working towards. This is what I want. This is why I'm here. Then I think that's the best best um, position to take. I don't think you really appreciate just how unique you are because you have the mindset of a much more older experienced competitor compared to the amount of fights you've had because the outlook you have is fantastic. You know, because usually I get people that come in and I've had people talking about no sex before a fight. I'm going to bed at eight o'clock at night. And I was like, would you do that normally? And they're like, no. And it's like, well, why are you going to do it before a fight? Why are you going to change your routine? There? Other people turning up and they'll eat a completely different breakfast than they would normally. And you think, well, why are you changing your routine? Why why are you going creating mayhem? And other people talk, about, I go get a subway and have a Coke. <laughs> they, they have the best day of their life and you're like how does it work uh, have you have you ever struggled with nerves or, or are you always absolutely just... absolutely are you kidding me i think any person who steps in a ring no matter how confident or cocky you are there's always that self-doubt and it's always going to be there mm. no matter how sharp you are in the head i mean it's the good and the bad it's that the devil and the the devil and the angel. It's always going to be like, oh, what if? It, we are programmed to have doubts. We're programmed to self doubt ourselves. But I mean, that's where that mental toughness comes in. And you know, you gotta, you really gotta take a look at, okay, what have I done to prepare for this? Why am I doing this? Do I enjoy doing this? Right? It's like everything lines up, and um, the nerves. You gotta. That's what makes you a good fighter. If you're not nervous, then it means you don't care. So as shitty as it is in the moment where you're like, oh my God, I feel sick. I feel like I'm going to throw up. It's like, how great am I going to feel with my hand rosen with a huge belt, right? So, and I have to remind myself that um, it's not just in martial arts. It's everywhere. Soccer, basketball, volleyball, you know, the day before a big game, everyone feels this way. Or even, you know, a big interview, new job promotion. It's like, that's what life is. So there's no point in, you know, overstressing about it, over, you know, overthinking something that will be if it's meant to be fantastic answer because that's what um a lot of the top competitors i've interviewed you know i've done like hodger gracie gary van vaynerchak and all that some of the like the legends of their industries and they always say the nerves are always there you feel them but you need to accept the message they're passing it's just your brain try to keep you safe and a lot of them will give their nerves a name they'll go like not just now igor i'm fine you know, I I appreciate you, but you know, and they say by giving it a name, it takes the power away, and it just. And I thought this is, hmm. and I tried it, and it's like, well, this actually <laughs> works because you're addressing, you're accepting they're there, they're always going to be there, but you're not letting it rule you. And I used to shit a brick before our competitions in house. I could be in my head, and I would lose a round, and I'd be thinking about it like three days later, and then I remember thinking how stupid it was. I was letting my life be dictated by success if I won a round in a jiu-jitsu competition. Like it mattered. Doesn't mean you're a and bad person. That's that's the one thing that I you know, I love about this sport. That's why I started martial arts to begin with, is that you win or you lose. And at the end of the day, you can't blame anyone else. I mean, of course, there's politics and drama. But at the end of the day, if you get knocked in the face, KO, what are you going to say? 
oh, I, I wasn't feeling well, or, oh, they cheated. It's like, no, you got knocked out. That's what happened. So it's, uh, it's the beauty of it all, and that's why I love it so much, because at the end of the day, you're going to go in the ring, put all you have into it, and that's the result you're going to get of that. I mean, if you didn't give it your 100, then maybe that's, you know, why you didn't win or maybe did win. So yeah. that's that's why this is the best, I think. Well, I interviewed a fighter pilot called Hazard Lee. He's got a fantastic book out on decision-making, but that that's a by the by. But one of the things he said was they'll have a review. So they'll have a 15-minute combat run where they're going out dropping bombs, maybe if it's a target one or a real-life combat um, engagement. And they'll come back and they'll have a three-hour review. They'll sometimes listen to a radio call somebody made 15 times so they can understand how they can improve that, how they can get people to make better decisions, these sorts of things. How do you review your training? How do you review your fights? How do you kind of take all of this and become a better fighter for the next one, go in better training? How do you, because when you went from Canada to over to Italy to fight, and you said it was a big step up fighting internationally to dealing with people on a different level of quality. How do you kind of review it and keep growing? Is it just going out and enjoying it every time? Or is there more to uh, it? There's definitely more to it. But when it comes to the reviewing, um, I try not to right away. I mean, at the end of the day, win or lose. I know that when I step in the ring, I give it my all. And, you know, over over reviewing it, over analyzing it, you mean at that moment of time, I can't change what's happened. I can't do anything more. So I kind of just try to, you know, enjoy the high of the fight. And then, you know, next week or the following week, my coach will be like, well, you know, we could have done this or we could have done that. And I'll be like, yeah, I thought about that. Let's work on that. Let's, let's start doing that. So that's more of where the reviewing comes. But I don't sit down with my fights, overanalyze every single second of my fight and go, oh, I could have done that there. Or, oh, I should have done that there. Oh, look, look at this. Um, I, it's more, again, like of a collaborative uh, approach to it with my crew and we just go you know what the first round was good second round was perfect third round you know we could have done this better or we could have done that better so let's just work on that let's let's focus on that now it's i love it i wish i was like this at 19 i i had my head up my arse that's uh, that's a very scottish phrase but i mean i just love your approach to this the that you're learning the true martial arts at a young age, I think it took me a while to go back, and we were taught to be you. You should be the best. You should throw, you know throw a mate under the bus to get that job. You should be the best of your industry, and all. I think that's the sad thing is like martial arts takes all this sort of hungry for money and all that, and just teach you teaches you to be a better person. And I think that's a great thing about doing martial arts. How would you advise somebody new to going into Muay Thai? They can be a fat, sweaty old guy. They can be a young girl. They could be a young boy, whatever it is. How would you want them to approach Muay Thai to get the most from it, do you think? I think um, just... Uh, Smile on your face like you just, enjoy it. It's hard to say that because I know that not everyone can do that. But... Um, you got you got to want to enjoy it, right? I mean, I think it's very, very um, intimidating. It's a very intimidating sport. 
Um, and I know a lot, a lot of my friends, my female friends are like, oh, I could never do that. I could never hit someone. So it's like a lot of people already have that mindset that they could never. So um, if someone was willing to and able to and really wanted the drive to, then I would just, you know, advise them to enjoy it, take it for what it is um, and really just enjoy that. The exper- it's an experience. You got to enjoy the experience. And that's, it's like you were saying earlier, you have to ask yourself, are you enjoying it? If not, mm-hmm. there's plenty of other things you can be doing. And I think yeah. too many people are doing something because they think like the influencer, the only fans, whatever, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's easy money, but you have to really, if you're not enjoying a hobby or a side hassle, don't do it. There's an ever, I never thought I'd be mentioning only fans. So that's t- um, <laughs> Because I think that's the problem is people, they're chasing the easy buck. Everybody assumes that they can do affiliate marketing and they're going to make 100,000 a month. And they're going to live on, their, you know, it never, it's never that easy because there's so much competition. But if you enjoy something and go into it, even if you get no money out of it, no fame out of it, you're still winning because you're learning a new skill, you're gaining the confidence, you're growing as a person. What do you want the evolution of your brand to be then? You're going phenomenally you're making you're winning championships you're loving the sport you seem to be doing an amazing job at it what's success mean for you is it doing it because continue doing it you love it are you looking at titles are you looking at marketing deals are you looking at going into the professionals what what, Um, how do you define it i've looked at you know majority of those um but Really, at the end of the day, I just want to show women that, hey, we can do this. Um, even though um, women in the martial arts have, you know, evolved hugely over the, you know, the past even five years, five, ten years. Um, I want to show that, hey, you know, blonde, pretty girl can still kick ass. And there's a lot of women out there that, again, still find this intimidating. A lot of my friends, you know, I've brought to the gym and I've been like, you know, hit it. You can hit it a little harder. Like you don't need to, I know, I know what you can do, like hit it a little harder. So they just, I think that, you know, the women just need someone in their corner that can go, Hey, we can still do this. You know, you don't need to, you know, be all, you know, da da da. like you can, you can hit them. You can hit it. And I've I've known I've trained with some girls who have like they could break jaws with it, the elbows they yeah. could swing. I I love watching the girls more than I like watching the guys. Absolutely. And I love that moment when you see somebody when they realize the the real raw power they have. Exactly. Isn't, yeah. Isn't, it doesn't need to be the raw power they have in their swing, but that about that sort of what they're capable of that ability to be good at something to let their let themselves out in a sport because we hold ourselves back i think because i remember doing judo and they did a a basic one where they got a guy to lie down and you had to do uh from a side like you were lying on the person and one of the guys who was in the beginner class said oh i've never been this close because you know you have your personal space and suddenly you know jujitsu you're basically lying on top of each other sweating mm-hmm. in each other's faces mood tie you're holding each other and punching each other in the faces you look eye tie all these i think that for a normal society it's not really normal. weird it's <laughs> not normal yeah and um it's funny you say that because yesterday i was actually i was holding pads for a younger girl who um I hadn't really talked to in my gym. She's a bit newer. And usually when we do pad drills, we'll switch. And she found out, she was like, 
oh, I just want to tell you, like, I, I'm really scared to hold pads for you. Like, I, I don't know if I can do that. And then, you know, if I'm not good enough, then I'll just sit out and like, you know, we could get someone else to do that. And I was like, like, what? Like, no, girl, no. And it's just mm. like, oh, it's like, oh, soul crushing. I was just like, that whole time I was just like, you're doing great. Like you look good. You just got to be confident. You got to breathe. You got to get through it. Cause I could tell she was like, as she was doing the combo, she was kind of holding her breath. And I think that's a common mistake that a lot of beginners make. It's like, they want to get the combo through, but they're not breathing entirely. And I mean, that was hard for me too at the beginning, because it's, if you're not used to it, it's silly to make those grunts and those noises like the, hush, 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 hush. like you don't want to sound like that in the, you know, in the middle of a gym, but I was trying to explain to her. I was like, you got to breathe, you know, do your combo and we'll breathe together. So she did the combo. We were like, and she did it again. And of course she felt silly to begin with, but I mean, I could tell she wasn't as tired. She wasn't, you know, I could see that the paleness in her, like you could tell she was more confident doing that. And she was more confident that we were doing it together. So that was something that, that was awesome. I love that. I love that moment when you, you see that sparkle, that moment of <laughs> you've opened up a new way of thinking for somebody who then takes it into their job is maybe more open in a relationship. They're more forward in the, to their boss or, you know, it's, you see them growing as a person, that confidence coming it is amazing. And the fact that you're giving that to training partners and you're not just like, look, I've got a competition, just hold the bands, <laughs> that you're actually helping them along is, shows a lot about your character as well. So how do you then be tailored away from this what i i call it recovery protocols you know it's like you know people are talking about hot baths with magnesium added into it i have blackout curtains i have like a certain diet that i make you know i have my cheap meals and a saturday whatever it is but how do you just be a normal person and not get too wrapped up in this <laughs> you know how do you have time for friends how i don't know if you're dating how do you maintain a relationship away from this without letting your training overcome your life how do you keep that balance and be a normal girl well sorry woman at the same time it's hard it is and that's something i think a lot of athletes of any sport deal with i mean when it comes to a really big competition um what you put in is what you get out and i've been in positions like when i was going to italy um the two three months before i was you know, eat, sleep, train. That's all I was doing. And then you run into things like burnout and overexhaustion. And, mm. you know, when you think about something too much, it's just like, it's, you know, you just, you don't want to do it anymore. So that was something I definitely experienced where I was eating, training, eating, training, sleeping. Um, that was just my life for close to three months and going up to Italy. Um, it was, it was, it was an experience. Yeah, it was, it was definitely something, but I mean, I got the outcome of what I put in, but again, at that point I needed to step back and talk about it. Cause I was like, okay, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. I've just been doing this. I have no social life. I have, you know, all my friends, I haven't seen them. I have no, you know, normal connections that a normal 18, eight, 17, 18 year old girl would have. Um, but again, you get what you put in. So I got the result of what I put in. Um, now coming up to Africa, I leave for Africa in two days and, you know, training twice a day, my diet, everything's, everything's an account of the result I want or I see getting in Africa. So when it comes to friends, relationships, family, even, um, the balance is 
the balance is always going to be, you know, pulling on both ends of the string. Cause you know, if you have a goal and you, you know, the steps to that goal, then, you know, your family, your relationship and your friends aren't going to be a priority right then, right then and there at least. So the way I kind of deal with it is I am, uh, again, using therapy is a great, great way to do it. Um, writing things out, journaling, um, manifestations, um, just putting your thoughts out, visualizing it, seeing it so you can go, hey, okay, I'm doing this as a result of this and then I'll get back to this. So it's really just a balance of that. And um, I actually, I was watching the McGregor. McGregor put out a documentary on Netflix and I think it was the fourth or fifth episode I was watching yesterday. And they were talking about how McGregor wasn't seeing his family. He went away from his family for this camp and that's going to bring up the anger in him. Right. And I agree with that because, you know, if I'm working so hard towards something and I don't have those, those social cues I was having before, you know, I, I can't see my friends. I can't see my family as much that drive is going to push me to be even more successful so that when I come back and go, this is what I did it for. I did it for my family. I did it for my relationship. I did it for my friends. You know, I'm coming back to that. So I thought that was something super relatable and um, super just honest of him, you know, to take away from his, his wife and his kids and really just focus on this to meet his goal. And then, you know, go back to it, go back to life. Cause you got to go back to life at some point. <laughs> no, that's true. I love that. And I love like that. If you're open and honest with a friend and say, look, I'm focusing on this. I've got this competition coming up. I'm not ignoring you, but I need to be focused on this. How about we go and grab a coffee when I come back? Most yeah. people are fine with that. It's just that moment of when you don't speak to anybody and then you come back. I have a friend who every time he's in a relationship, you don't see him for six months <laughs> till they break up. And then they come back and suddenly he wants to be your friend. And you're like, yeah, come on. You're like, really, dude, really? that's just a guy thing I think yeah it's not just a guy thing it happens I think anyone any gender it happens to everyone I mean someone gets into a relationship you don't see them forever but I think it comes down to your support system who are the people you have in your corner who are the people that support you because at the end of the day someone who supports you is going to understand that they're going to go yeah you need to focus on this right now that's your goal this is how close it is. You need to take this time to focus on that. So again, having the right people on your side, the right people support you, it, it really makes a difference. And how do you find this where you're marketing yourself? You know, you're trying to raise money to go and, you know, to get support. Because as an amateur athlete, you don't always get the governing body support, you know, funds for hotels, accommodation, flights, all the stuff you need to live, like food and, you know, all the, the, the I fun have stuff. never gotten any of that from any sanctioning body, and not just yeah. me. Any athlete, especially in the amateur K one kickbox- kickboxing or Muay Thai, um, you just don't. There is no funding for it. It's not super recognized Canada wide as of yet. It's getting there, but we just don't have that funding that you know even Team Canada boxing has. Boxing is a lot more funded than team canada kickboxing is so it is very hard and i mean it's very unfortunate that i know a lot of athletes who are fantastic athletes who just can't afford to go do these things and i mean they are getting the amateur fights they are here in canada but it comes to a point where you go okay i'm fighting the same guys over again same thing with me i'm fighting i've been fighting the same three girls in canada for the past like three years now because there's no one else 
So you have to go internationally. You have to, you know, broaden your horizons. You have to get different competition. But if you can't afford that, and, you know, of course, Canada can't support that financially for these athletes, then, I mean, you're stuck. You can't really do anything, which is super unfortunate, but it's just what it is right now. Well, then how do you deal with it as you start going international? You know, when you suddenly become the person people want to interview, the person that people want to come up to you, you know, and take your photo, the people you might get negative comments on social media, you might start getting the creepy guys like ogling you while you're training. But, you know, how do you start dealing with the the stardom of it, you know, because you're marketing yourself because you're the professional fighter. So the same way Conor McGregor gets the trolls having a go at him for him promoting his whiskey and stuff like that, or, you know, when you're suddenly asked to do interviews, how are you finding that transition from just fighting to actually having to sell, tailor the fighter, the, the whole package, if you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I – it kind of the way that my social media kind of went out and went up um, kind of happened organically. Mm-hmm. I didn't do much to um, promote myself or, you know, post every single day at the right times for the algorithm. It's like, it's interesting just, when you look just, at it because you go yeah, from I like was, school to suddenly your multiple massive stadiums. You're like, what? Yeah. I was, um, I was just being myself. Honestly, I was, uh, just putting out there what I would have been putting out there with just my friends and family following me. And I guess that just grabbed the attention of, you know, the community of martial arts and it took off from there. But I think it's definitely a a wow factor when it's like, oh my God, a woman, pretty woman is fighting. So that obviously grabs some sort of attention. But um, again, the hard work and dedication and, you know, my, my resume behind that shows that I'm not, you know, just a girl with gloves on because there is a lot of that um, out there. But yeah, I definitely think my track record and my experience and, you know, my achievements speak for themselves. Because you see people saying, oh, you need a social media consultant. You need to get a media manager. You need, And you're like, no. And I'm so terrible with all of it. I honestly am. Like, um, everyone is on social media. It's It's hard to not be. That's kind of what our generation is now. But the the feedback that I've been getting from my social media personally, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, this is, I don't want to look at all this. this is too much. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to, and I probably should more than I am, but I kind of just put out what I would have originally put out with no following. And, you know, I get the response that I get just being myself. No, it's, um, it's a great answer because people are following you for you. You're not portraying somebody. You're not giving a character. You're being the real you. And yeah. That's and sometimes the real me might not post for three weeks, but hey, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I've been there. But, you know, it's three months down the line, you're like, oh, yeah, I did have a podcast. I should go. To- <laughs> I got told I should be putting out like 10 Instagram reels. I should have three Facebook posts a day. And yeah. I need to. And I was like, and how am I going to go on dates? How am I going to go and work? How am I going to do you know all what? the other Maybe stuff? That- Maybe that is how, you know, these big influencers, these big people get successful because they know the ins and outs of social media. Me personally, I don't care to learn all of that. (laughs) I don't. And, you know, if that's what it takes to get there, then I don't want to be there. My life is not going to be consumed by sitting on my phone every single day, posting, making an alarm every other hour to post at a certain time, at a certain, you know, for a certain audience with a certain hashtag. Like, 
I'm just going to organically grow in the sport that I love until I don't love it anymore. And, you know, people are either going to support me or not support me through that journey. And I'm not going to beg for the attention. So I love the support that I have. I love the people that are following me. Um, but it's not going to consume my life. You know, everyone's human. Everyone, you know, has bad days, good days. And I don't owe it to anyone to post every single day or show the world what I'm doing or what time I shit. Like, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's somebody might be interested. Maybe, <laughs> maybe someone interested, but they wouldn't be getting that. <laughs> Because there's some of the stuff, I mean, I can remember one of my comments when I first started was I had one of the biggest interviews I'd ever done. I'd had hundreds and hundreds of people watching it. And I thought, this is amazing. And somebody said, I don't like his accent, like meaning me. <laughs> and I was like, I, what, what do I do? I can't change it. It's the one I'm stuck with. And I thought, well, how can I change? How can I be a bit more American? And I thought, what the fuck am I doing? I'm trying to change what I, my accent I'm born with. <laughs> To suit some random uh, tosspot on the internet. And I was like, no. And I love that you're so down to earth that you're saying, I'm still going to post the same stuff when I want. You can get somebody that deals with that later on when you become a superstar. You can do all I, that. They can deal with the image stuff. You just be you. And I think yeah. you're doing a fabulous job of it. It's thank so you, refreshing to see how amazingly experienced you are on a young head. You're kind of just seeing stuff that very few competitors find later. And it's so refreshing. And you're doing an amazing job. How can people help? How can people support you? How can people, you know, is it Joyce joining your social media? Are you going to be creating a website? Are you going to be doing other stuff? Are you going to be looking at, I don't know, like other social media ways where people can interact with you? What's your what's your plans for kind of growing this? Like, how would you like to evolve? I know it's a bit difficult, but are you looking at like setting up your website and having training camps and things like that down the line? What, how do you want to grow into this, or are you just doing this till it stops in fun? Um, I think I definitely got a long road ahead of me. Like, uh, I'm only 19, and I don't know what's going to happen in the next five, 10, mm. 15 years. Um, I am going to do it until I don't enjoy doing it anymore. But as of right now, I love doing it. My, I mean, my only platform for this right now is Instagram. And I mean, the best way to support me through my journey in my career as a fighter is, again, just supporting me through that. I've done a few um, like donation campaigns for just like the expenses that I have to pay on my own for um, international events like Italy, Mexico. I'm going to Africa soon. So that was, you know, a big chunk that you know came out of my savings that I was like oh my god I gotta you know I don't have any other competition here but you know I'm I, I want to be able to have this opportunity to go with Team Canada to Africa and you know compete as a female athlete for Canada so um really my biggest goal right now would be the Olympics. Um, everyone asks me, oh, well, why, when are you going to sign pro? Why don't you want to sign pro? And um, I just don't see the point of it right now. I mean, I'm still you know, so young. I have so much more to learn. Um, and I'm just going to keep growing and growing my knowledge until I am ready to eventually do that, if that's what I want to do at that point of time. Um, 
right now. I, they took boxing out of the Olympics. They took karate out of the Olympics. Um, I think they're looking to put kickboxing in for 2028. And I know Wacko Canada is, um, that's one of their main goals is to get that set up for the amateur athletes for 2028. And if that's the case, then I would be um, one of the candidates for that. Awesome. Um, and that is kind of, that's kind of my main goal right now. But that's a big, if even it is put in the Olympics. Yeah. So that again comes with the funding and, you know, the recognition for kickboxing in Canada, which is growing and growing, but it's still, you know, not as big as boxing. And if boxing's not in the Olympics, why would kickboxing be in the Olympics, you know? So... Mm just taking it a day at a time. And um, yeah, when it comes to just supporting me in my journey, um, my Instagram or um, my GoFundMes, um, that that really helps. And, you know, the donations that I get from that go straight to, you know, travel expenses, um, airfare, hotels, um, just the things that, I mean, are incredibly expensive for me as an athlete to, you know, go compete out of country and get the experience I need to grow. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, it's like, they're like, oh, come and represent Team Canada. We won't pay for you. Yeah, we won't pay your hotel. We won't pay your accommodation. The little it's things frustrating. Like food, it's... it's frustrating to understand. There is no logic to it. But I mean, it's hard because where are you going to pull this money from, right? Mm. So... Well, that's the thing. It's, and I think that's the sad thing is it holds back a lot of fighters who could go it does. and grow. It holds back so many. And I mean, I'm lucky that, I mean, I can even afford to do these things. Um, of course, with the help of um, like the GoFundMes and the support I have from my fight community and the people that want to see me succeed. But I know so many athletes that deserve to be on an international level, that deserve to be on Team Canada and just aren't because, you know, it's it's hard. Life life is expensive. Um, cars, you know, housing, food, everything is so expensive now. And you know, to do what you love and have to pay for it is it's excruciating. It really is. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I mean, I know we're over our time limit. Well, but I just love your mindset. I love your approach to this, and it's so nice to have to see that you're the same person on your social media as you are in real life. That you're, you know, and it's such a nice way that you look at martial arts. On you don't put so much pressure on yourself. You're enjoying it. You're involved in it. You're having as much fun with the people you train with rather than just your individual goals and stuff. And it's, I, th I think hopefully one day you might realize just how unique an approach you have to it. Because very few young fighters have it. It's all ego, whereas you're driven from a love of the sport. So you're definitely going to be one to watch. And I, I know you're going to be in the Olympics. You're going to be kicking ass all up and down. The how can, what do you want people to take from this? I know this is a slight, I usually ask like the people I interview, what do you want people to remember from this interview? It can be from about competition. It can be from from somebody who's a growing star in the industry. It can be anything or anything. Is there anything that you think summarizes this interview about um, life? I know it's a bit unique. <laughs> it's a bit unique, but no, I have an answer for it for sure. Um, I kind of have a motto that I kind of, go through my days reminding myself um and it's you know it's as simple as what's meant to be what will be it is what it is you know i find myself 15 times a day just going it is what it is so um what's meant to be will be and i'm just gonna keep being me 
And I think everyone else should, you know, just be the rawest, um, purest version of themselves. And that'll get you so much farther than, I mean, pretending. Jesus, you are, you, honestly, well, I think one day, because I, I think back when I was like 19, holy hell, compared to what, you know, you have this beautiful way of looking at life. And I love that. And I, I really hope this goes on to other young people who are listening, who want to go and chase their dreams to realize that there is more to life than doing it, but you can have fun. You don't need to be living in the gym 24 seven. You can be a normal person and enjoying it and, you know, chasing. You know, it, it is too short to be angry, be hostile, be cocky. Like you gotta, if you're not enjoying life then you're doing something wrong, there's, I mean, you just, there's so much to enjoy. So there's no point in being, you know, the, the bad guy. Well, I'll definitely have to get you back on when you're becoming a superstar, when you're winning fights left, right, and center. <laughs> I hope so. I, I hope so. That's the goal. That's the goal. Well, I'll, I'll, I know <laughs> thank it, you for having me. I know you're going to kill it down in Africa. I know you're going to kill it in your next international tournament. And, you know, you could even give me a shout out when you're holding aloft the multiple championships, et cetera. But I definitely will. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll call you up in Africa and be like, hey, I just won. <laughs> and how can we... F- I don't like following, but how how do we follow you? How do we follow along this journey? Is it Instagram the best way? Are you thinking a website later? Um, possibly down the road um, later on. But as of right now, just taylor.ray.moitai. Um, that's the best way to support me and follow me along the journey. I, I'll, I'll post eventually. I do post. It just it takes a couple of days. I'll get there. <laughs> I do post. <laughs> but um just know that the real hard work is in the gym and I'm not always on my phone. <laughs> well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.